champ Richard Jefferson, Heisman Trophy winner Matt Liner, and the voice of the Lakers, Chris Geeter McGee. I want to give a big thank you to all of you guys who are watching us live here on Caffeine. We want you to be a big part of this show. So if you like what we're talking about, if you don't like what we're talking about through the entire show, send us your comments, send us your questions. We cannot wait. But guys, I am so happy we're here. I'm going to give everyone a little background. We're going to do it live. We're going to do it live. So we started this (laughs) podcast five years ago. Yes. And we took a little hiatus. Yeah. We took like a four-year hiatus. And then during lockdown, we had a reunion episode, decided it's so good, we need to come back. And we decided to turn it into a live interactive talk show. And here we are. And Geeter was the great connector that brought us all together. Alex, I often say, yeah. this goes for all of you out there, you have to have a role in life. <laughs> Rich is your NBA champion. Matt is your Heisman Trophy winner. Alex is a star at Fox and covered the World Cup. I know my role. I'm the connector. I'm the connector. But not only are you a connector. You're a facilitator. Let, yeah, facilitator. Yeah. Let, ladies and gentlemen, let me, let me first put this out there. So... Uh, I did this podcast and I never left. I came here. I did it one summer in 2016. He was a guest who never left. Yeah. So was I was that like, the summer of rich? Yeah. Oh, no, summer, okay. summer of rich when he <laughs> yeah. went to I was like, yo, this is cool guys. Can I come back next time? You're like, yeah. So then what happened after doing this? I go back to Cleveland and I was like, you know what? I should do start a podcast. So we start road tripping the first ever Channing Fry and Allie Clifton, the very, very first athlete in season podcast. First ones to ever do it. Well, they're all doing it now. All of them are doing it now. So <laughs> it was trailblazer. Like, so, right? so not only is it trailblazer, but I'm giving detox the credit for really it gave me the idea. And then ultimately, once we started doing the podcast, then all of a sudden, you just started seeing all of these stories and all of these podcasts coming. I stand by. Road tripping was the first. But my inspiration for road tripping came from this group. So you guys, I just, you guys, I just want to say, sweet. think about it. You guys should take some Wait. credit for that. Yeah, yeah. I just want to say one thing before we kind of move into what we're going to be talking yeah. about. We'll, we will reference throughout our shows the Summer of Rich. I just want everyone to know what that means. That is 2016. Richard Jefferson finally wins his NBA championship, the coveted NBA championship yeah. where he was sobbing on the sideline. <laughs> Luke Walton, his best friend, didn't even want to shake his hand, sobbed crying and said, fine, I'll shake his hand. And Rich lived his best life that summer. And, and I called it the summer of Rich. I made it up. Then when I heard LeBron use it a few months later, I should have oh. patented it. And I did. Uh, we should make t-shirts, summer See, of Rich. the summer, summer of Rich. So it, that's all what starts, that is. it all started with the detox. Yes. It did. Everything. And that, that's when the fans were chanting one more year for One you. more year. Yeah. No big deal. Yeah. One more the greatest. But, but, one more year. But, but, but isn't it trippy though like i'm not saying that we were the reason why all of these like but w- since we were the first like channing and alan all we were the first ones and everyone kind of saw like wait you can do this or this is cool this is a great idea and then athletes started using their voice more mm-hmm. and more now everyone did the podcast obviously the quarantine made it explode even more oh yeah but it's like okay well road tripping was the first well it was like well where did the idea from road tripping come from and it was literally this group right here the great connector has made zero dollars <laughs> was my idea that's what i just learned yeah but she, a lot of great friendships along yeah the way. yes yeah i have so many friends i have, so I have not a lot of followers I have fed you you have never paid for a drink or a meal when we're together <laughs> you have never and bitten out facts. It. and facts. it's worth it all right well let's uh, get to the facts and let's start with the nba playoffs let's dive into it because Last night's Lakers-Blazer game, I I don't know, did you guys feel like a kid in a candy store just watching that complete domination? That was absolutely ridiculous. But Rich, are the Lakers looking like the favorite to win it all again. No, look, we all get so excited. It's like the roller coaster <laughs> ride that we all go Come on. Come on, man. It's like, yeah, oh, the Lakers, they're the worst team in the NBA. They're awful. They play terrible in the early season. Well, it's not. Look, understand, it's always going to be a journey. One thing that I'll say about the Portland Trailblazers and when they're like, oh, well, you know, they're tired. They're tired of this. It's like, make no mistake. Oh, they've been playing, you know, elimination basketball. That's what the playoffs right. are. They were in the Western Conference last year. Do you know what the Western Conference Finals means? That means that you were playing elimination basketball for two months. So they've done this before. But ultimately, you know, the one thing that I'll take from the Laker game, and we're going to little X and O's for you, is that the first game, the Lakers just couldn't make a shot. Right. They out-rebounded the, the Trailblazers by 10, but they couldn't make any of the shots. And then everyone's like, well, they shouldn't play big. They should go small. Well, look, the Lakers doesn't, don't have great shooters, so they have to do it via volume. The only way to do it via volume is to get more shots, and that means more rebounds than everyone else. So they have to maintain that big lineup for large portions. So the Lakers have been doing that. They hit a couple of shots, and to the Lakers' credit, their defense has been yeah. ridiculous for three 
straight games. Rich, I think you hit on everything right there. <clears throat> Excuse me. The, the Blazers in that first quarter of game one put up 36 points. They came out and socked the Lakers in the mouth. I don't think I saw that coming. I thought it was going to be the other way around. Since that moment, the next seven quarters, mm -hmm. the Lakers held them to under 23 points in every single quarter. And, and you don't have to be an NBA analyst like Rich right. to realize that if they just hit a few threes, they win game one. Win game That's one. it. They, they hit 14 threes in game two. They had a record 17 threes in an L.A. Laker playoff game. Last night was 17. Ball game. Blouses. Blouses. <laughs> in your face, Jordan but, Murphy. But how much yesterday was was Kobe Day, obviously. And I want to say, we've gotten a couple comments here. JGE, Geeter shirt is dope. Could feel Kobe's presence last night. Obviously, Matt, you too. Wait, you have By stuff the way, there? Real quick, Wait, shout you out. Get, you no, get to yeah. see, what is going on? Did you not know that this is a live show? It's a live show. We have live chat. They, uh, ladies and gentlemen, they told me nothing about this. I have no idea yeah, what I'm doing. We just want doing. Rich if to show up. Uh, just listen, this, real quick, it. Alex. Wait, Alex. You not like yeah. my jersey? No. I had this jersey for like 15 years. <laughs> yeah. Listen, okay. th this is a dope-ass shirt. It says Reebok on it. Uh, I know you've had it for 15 <laughs> years. <laughs> Thehoopery.com. The the do, do you think that the fact that it was Kobe Day, there was so much, just in the pregame uh, ceremony, everything leading up, that that emotion played into the effect of of that I, dominant start yesterday. I believe in those things. And if you even go to the Dodgers, right, there was all those weird stats of the Dodger game where I think Cody Bellinger hit a home run on the eighth. You know, you, you tie it all into eight and 24 and Kobe and all that. And then for me, just watching that game, I think, what, at some point it was 24 to eight, right? That's it, trippy. That one was th that's trippy. trippy. That's trippy. So you just, like, his presence, I think, was felt. You know, and, yeah. and I believe in those types of things. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think there was a little more emotion. It's how like, many? Hey. How, yeah. I, I wish this is uh, this is what to your point the twenty four and eight. How many times has a score been twenty four to eight? In in like that was it, great. It's like it's just a very or is this a, a football game? Yeah, it, in, it's in, very very yeah. very very I, rare. My friend and I, my yeah. friend and yeah. I, my friend and I, growing up, we have like this number, right? Like twenty four. You have something yeah. that always sticks out in the most random times. Yeah. And for me, it's it's uh, three one six. Okay. Three one six. It's just one of these yeah. things. No reason. Okay. But if I look up, it'll be three sixteen. Or if I look at a gas station, it'll be three dollars and sixteen cents. Yeah. It's like yeah. one of those things. Yeah, just, so yeah. like Kobe was there. I mean, I, yeah. I felt it. I was watching it. I was yeah. cooking dinner last night for the fam. It was just. <laughs> I'm like covered in goosebumps right yeah. now. It was amazing. Yeah. Well, it, Rich, I'd love to get your take on this. I covered that first game after Kobe and Gigi and the seven other passengers lost their lives tragically on January 26th. It was against the Portland Trailblazers five days later. That was a different kind of game. It mm -hmm. was emotional. Yeah. LeBron's giving a speech. It, it, was, it, was, it was a weird feeling inside that arena. Dame, Caden play, and the Portland won. This was a much different seven months later. They're wearing the jerseys. And RJ, you've seen it more than anybody. LeBron had that look. And, and, and Karan Butler was on the set. He goes... Oh oh oh, 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 he's got a purpose. <laughs> like, and RJ knows it. Get out the way. Well, it's and, over. And, and the crazy thing about it is all of these guys, and, and, and we're not going to sit here and make it seem like LeBron is this otherworldly figure, but it takes a minute for people to raise up to that man's level. Same what it does with Kobe. Same what it did with MJ. Same what it did with so many other great players. Yeah. It's like game one, guys can't make a shot. Mm -hmm. LeBron, like, do you, this is, this is not a disrespectful thing or like a, he's different. This is, imagine the other players on the Laker team. They're sitting in their locker room or they're sitting in their hotel rooms and they realize that LeBron James put up numbers that had never been put up before in NBA history. They He put up, I don't know, 27, 17, and 15. And 15. Yeah. Never been done in NBA history. And they're sitting there, we lost this game. It ain't that man's fault, right? He, put out, he had 15 or 17 assists and they shot 12% from three. So like they're sitting there and they're realizing like, Oh, we will be okay, but I need to do my part. Mm -hmm. I need to play defense. I need to make the extra make the extra pass. I need to knock down shots because, like, this man is going to do what he does. I need to raise my level. And RJ, you you've seen it before. Sorry, Alex. Yeah. He didn't speak to AD that day. AD joked about it. Yeah. Day two, he's like, "Yeah, LeBron didn't even talk to me." You've probably seen that. Oh yeah. Before. Oh, LeBron. That LeBron. sends a message. Uh, yeah. Well, and it's like, it, and it's in the right way. It's how you do it. It's not in like a you know screw you guys. It's in a like, hey guys. This is there is no more like we're not laughing and joking. There is no more hey hey hey. It's like no, it's business. This is full on business. This is personal. Mm -hmm. This is personal and business because I'm gonna do what I do and I just need you guys to follow my lead. And game two, game two was great because I think he had like 13 points or something yeah, yeah. and he just but he stuck with his guys and mm -hmm. all that and he's like, 
that gives the confidence yeah. to the— He scored the, 10 points in game That's what I'm saying. He had yeah. 13 points, whatever, and they still won. And then that's that's getting those guys you know, confident, getting them going. And then game three, he literally took over and just said, all right, I'm going to be aggressive, LeBron. Yeah, it, that's how you make— Listen, he just continues to do things, guys, that amaze. I mean, Rich, obviously, you've seen him firsthand. But again, last night— 30 points in less than 30 minutes. And then you look at the graphic and five guys have ever done it for the Lakers. And Kareem happens to do it three times. Yeah. And then it's, you know what I mean? It's Anthony. Dude, but how about my boy Jared Dudley getting some minutes yeah, last night? Yeah, my boy Jay Dudley some minutes, man. My boy Swish, Swish out there. But here's I love Dudley. Dudley, I love you, man. We have a mutual friend, uh, Scotty C, who texted me last night and said, Jared Dudley looks like a rec league champion. Yeah. And I said, yes, he does. But that guy is important in every locker room. Oh. Didn't LeBron way, say it's one of his favorite teammates of yeah, all time? Jared Dudley is that dude. Did you ever play with him? No, no, no. But, you know, he lived in San Diego for a bunch of years. And then we came. We, you know, he's, he's Boston just College. a few years younger than me. Uh, and he's from San Diego, lived out there. So we just had interactions. And then we would guard each other yeah. for 10 years. And, and he played with Channing and played Steve with Channing. Nash. Yeah, they lo- so, Channing loves him. He came on uh, Road Tripping Podcast uh, with us over at Spectrum. So, no, he's a good dude. But you need those guys. Like, in every championship team, even look at, like, the Miami Heat. They got Udonis Haslam, yep. right? They got a guy that might not sit on the court, but, like, he holds everyone James accountable. James Jones. James Jones. Champ. You know, Mike Miller. There's always guys around that you need. Yep. There is no championship where everyone's just a chat. If you don't have players that are coaches, especially in that bottom third, like, it's going to make it that much more difficult for the team. So then question, do you think them losing – game one was what they needed to kind of light that fire to get it going to where they are now. It's It wasn't a bad thing. I think what it did, and it's not necessarily light a fire, it okay. let everyone know. Everyone's talking about how epic LeBron was, and that also means that there was a gap of everyone else. And so AD came out and played so aggressive in game two, right? Because it's just like anything. You can't just sit at the table if you're not going to bring anything to it, right? If you're going to eat at that table, you got to contribute. It's a potluck, right? It's a, pot- <laughs> it's a potluck. That man's going <laughs> That, fruit salad. That, yeah, that man is going to bring a turkey, yeah. right? And it's going to feed everybody else. You just got to bring some macaroni and cheese. I don't care if you bring the, the silverware. Yeah. You got to you got to eat or you got to like make the table or clear yeah. the table or you got to do the dishes. Somebody you got to do something. I'm not doing the dishes, but I'm bringing yeah. uh, solo cups with everyone's names on it. Yeah. But here's why I love that question because what it did was finally create a sense of urgency. And you two probably know about this more than the rest on a big stage. The Lakers hadn't had that right. since March. Yeah. They weren't pushed in the seeding games. They were already a one seed. It was a wrap. Uh, game one, all of a sudden it's a feel-out game, and you're down 1-0. Sense of urgency. Yeah. It changed. Oh, it, it was it was trippy to watch. And this is not to say that like LeBron isn't going to have a bad night and there's not going to be losses that aren't his fault or like he needs to play better. Because that was every oh he like this man had twenty and a lot of the conversations like, well, he needs to be more aggressive. He needs to have be points scoring like 30 and 40. Like that's what and you're just making it seem like it's that easy. Like a man just yeah. did something that had never been done in history, and then all of a sudden we're talking about he needs to do more. Well, he does need to do more, but it's just like anything, Matt. You you, you know national champion like you understand it takes everyone everyone needs to lock in like because one mistake one you know oh i'm gonna pitch the ball when i shouldn't pitch the ball and next thing you know <laughs> next thing you know uh, you're like who are you what, referencing what, 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 why, why would you do that why just said, did like, he do that i think uh, basketball football it's a little different football 11 guys one play you know a guard misses a block i could script all play but same with football like you're you're your best player, you're as good as your last player on the bench, whether yeah. that bench player is a coach and that's his role or he gets five minutes a game and he's in there just to hack their – whatever yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. So, um, But, yeah, I think there's a sense of urgency from your best players to pick up the players around you, and I think that's what LeBron has done. Um, that's what AD's doing. Yeah, uh, we're, we might get into Luca here in a second. Oh, but that's I what can't the, wait. Like, at yeah. 21 years he, old, he says we might. That's a uh, nice transition. Should we just transition yeah. right yeah. now? Listen, because Alex, yeah. there's there's a rundown, and he only cared about one thing. That's it. <laughs> and he's the biggest Laker fan. This, ever. Is, this is Matt's Luka. man crush. Are, are we are we dubbing it? Matt's I love man hoops, crush? man. I love hoops. I play competitive rec league basketball. <laughs> I play we'll against I play term. against a buddy, uh, Matt Barnes and Ryan Gomes, and a Tuesday night league down the street. <laughs> yeah. My favorite player besides this guy on my chest is Luka Doncic. He's ridiculous. Okay, he I... is ridiculous, dude. Ooh. And I, my Mine's son Cole, I was like, that's who you need to look at. Yes, watch <laughs> yeah. him. My yeah. Marvin Mine's Marvin Bagley. No, that's oh, my favorite Mar- player. Yeah, who went one? Who went one that year? 
Oh, DeAndre Aiden. DeAndre Aiden, which, which is good. Yeah, like, yeah. like you can't fault Phoenix for same that. Same thing. Every, everyone talks about Michael Jordan going third. No one questions who went one because yeah. it was Hakeem. Yeah. No, no, it's like, well, who was number two? Sam Bowie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He's, the, he's the villain. No one's ever like, MJ should have been one. Like, well, they Hakeem drafted Hakeem, and they're like, poor Sam yeah, Bowie okay. was trending every episode oh, of the last oh, day. Man. Poor guy. It's like Bagley now with Luca. Every time Luca goes off, it's either Vlade or Bagley trending. But but Bagley, <laughs> but Bagley, just he can play. He's got. He can Stay healthy. He's, you know, just give him some time. Not everybody makes the splash right, right away right. that they do. Kid wears number 77. Yeah, I, should, I mean, just, he is so yo. nasty. I mean, we saw, we saw the, the buzzer winner. Does he have what it takes oh. to bring the Mavs to beat the Clippers? Is that is that going to happen? What, uh, no. what What's going to happen no. here? No, that yeah. was a one-time thing? Uh, no, no, no. It's no, not no. one time, but... It's just you. It, you have to understand doing it over seven mm-hmm. games, doing it for winning four of them. I'm not saying but that no they, Porzingis either last game, and, and no it, Porzingis and again. No Porzingis tonight, so, so, so he's not planning. Oh, yeah, no. So again, he's so already it's ruled like out. You have to then go have another effort like yeah. that. And this is why I say, if Luca never gets better, and he is this guy, <laughs> if he's just this guy, at 21 years and old, and never gets better. He's gonna be ridiculous. Say hello to all of them. Yeah, say hello to all of them. It never gets better. He's got so like. So many tricks, you know. We saw. We always say, like, you have an arsenal, like, dude, you're crap, right? So many tools. Why are you right blushing? Now, you no, but like I watched. Dude, I'm starting to sweat. So, Luca, <laughs> uh, if you're watching, I'll take you sign jersey, whatever you need. But um, him oh and Boban. Boban's actually my second favorite. I love that dude. I love that dude. No, but like in RJ, I mean, like Kobe, MJ, the footwork, the different tools you can use, the body control. Obviously, he's not a big jumper. Like he's yeah, not yeah, done. Yeah. But like. I just never seen a guy like take Kawhi Leonard anytime he wants off no the one dribble, has. and <laughs> no one. It, has. It's just unbelievable. And at 21 years old, and he's tough too. Like, yeah, yeah. Like you know, like yeah. the the European players or something. No, no, he no, is no, tough. Yeah, that, that's, that's gone. <laughs> yeah, that's gone. <laughs> he's tough as well. Hell. Well, let, let, last thing I'll say about Luca is like we marveled over what LeBron did in the 25, 15, and 15. Like LeBron had been in, played more postseason games, has done more than anybody in NBA history. I think he's like second behind Derek Fisher. Uh, in postseason games, and we know LeBron's a triple double. He's done all of these things, but he never done twenty five, fifteen, and fifteen. Luca will have ten of those games before he's retired. He will have ten. He almost had one the other night, and you're just like, this is first playoff, and he had thirty, fifteen, or like seventeen and thirteen. He was two assists away from doing what it took one of the greatest players of all time, fifteen years to accomplish, and he did it in his yeah. first postseason. When you hear. NBA players, former NBA players, and they watch a young player. Mm-hmm. There's this kid's going to be great. Yeah, kid's going to be an all star. Yeah, Hall of Fame. Yeah, and then they're special. Yeah, he's special, and that's he's the special. word I hear from every NBA guy that I know. And it is what you talked about. He's not afraid of anybody. Dude, he's 21 years old. Listen, I do want to know. Called though, me a, uh, Go ahead. When when did he become like LeBron and Beyonce and Madonna, and he just became Luca? Like when? At what point do you lose the full name? Uh, it and happened. Just one it, name? I, I will say. I will say it happened at the start of the, when he had that. When he had that month where he went thirty ten and ten and averaged a, a thirty point triple double for a month. When like he this, went at LeBron and they both had triple doubles yeah, game three yeah. of this year, or okay. whatever that was. Yeah, because it's like you can. They they call it a sophomore slump because a lot of times people will figure out like kind of like oh, okay, well he struggles going to left. He struggles get he struggles getting double teamed. He struggles in this. So then people and then you have to like. As a player, you have to figure that out, right? It's like, okay, you it's a sophomore slump because of your second year. Right. Teams start to know your scouting report. They start to key in on that. And then it's like, oh, well, he can't shoot or he struggles to drive or he can't go right. So once people key in on that, well, it was like there was nothing to key in on and he just kept getting better. And so, like, that's when it was kind of like, oh, wait, this dude is – this dude is – he's different. Like, guys, he was Luka. playing over in the best league in Europe at what, Rich, 13, 14 yeah. years old? He was the European League MVP. At 18. At 18, winning the finals. He came over here. He's got the uh, – uh, we talked about this before, you and I. He His step back creates more space than anyone in the league. It's, it's remarkable. His Euro step the other day they showed, he covered eight feet. On a Euro step. Yeah. He's truly incredible, but he's got that dog in him. He's not afraid. Yeah. He's not afraid of a big stage and a big moment. I mean, he's the Montrezl Harrell interaction, not, which I not, thought yeah. was fantastic. Yeah. Listen, they hug before the game. He comes out, and you said it. 
Kawhi, PG. The Clippers are are better equipped to defend him than probably any team in the league. This yeah. is a great defense. This is team. the reason why people are worried about the Clippers versus the Lakers. They feel yeah. like they have all the tools to Versatile, guard LeBron, length. and they can they can really bother LeBron. They have a bunch of guys, and then all of a sudden they're like. Well, shit, they can't handle Luca. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Luca okay. went bang, bang. Yeah. This then, leads us to a, we got a, some yeah. some fan questions right now. Oh. This comes from Mikey. Who is the biggest challenge the Lakers will have in the playoffs? Oh, I still, I still think it's Clippers. I right? still, th- I, I, sorry, Laker Nation. I still feel like the Clippers, if everyone plays their best basketball, I feel like the Clippers are the best team in the NBA. Now, the Clippers got some continuity issues. They got some, you know, they got to get their rhythm. Paul George has to either get his head or his shoulder fixed, whichever <laughs> one it is. Uh, but ultimately, man, I think it's the Clips. I think the Lakers, will they play Houston or Thunder, right? Next yes. Series, I think they'll sweep either one of those guys. I think it's Clippers, but they're going to beat the Clippers. Who so poses the biggest threat? It's the Clippers for sure. Yeah. Uh, I thought that back on October 22nd. When, when the season started, and I thought it on March 11th when the season got suspended. Those are the two teams that were destined to meet each other in the Western Conference Finals. Listen, Dallas is a problem in a year or two, yeah. probably two years away. And it all depends, I think, on, on Porzingis' health as well. This is, this is a win for them. I still think the Clippers win this series. Mm-hmm. They win the next series, and we're, we're getting Lakes Clips. Yeah, yeah, we have to. It's, it's it has happen. to happen. Okay, we have another question. Well, no, now we have uh, actually a demand oh. from JGE. Give Matt his college football talk. So, yeah. Oh, so, let's go. So, so we're going to move on to, to college football. How because, much time do we have for this? <laughs> we got the rest of the time. Jeez. Remember, college football it is, is religion. It is, right? I know. So and it's, it's not a, just about the It's NBA. a mess right now. Some conferences are still playing. Some conferences that are ranked aren't playing. Matt, <laughs> That's, what? That's amazing. Matt, what is going on with your sport right now? <laughs> I mean, it's a microcosm of, co- of, yeah, the, of, the, just, of the country. I think the sad – yeah, exactly. The sad part is is it, you talk about leadership, right? And there's a failure of leadership in mm-hmm. college football from uh, the NCAA down to the presidents, down to you know the commissioners, down to the uh, ADs, and then the poor players and the coaches are at the bottom. And I think what we've seen is, one – uh, a commissioner, everyone wants a commissioner in college football. Yeah. I think we're getting to that point at some point. I, now, you know, it, yeah. it should they, happen they now see that they because you look be look how much yeah. look how great silver is done for the NBA. Professional sports are different, but when you yeah. have one voice and you have one voice dictating everything, it just makes it it's cohesive. It makes it better. And the problem is, is each conference has their own medical advisory board, so they're hearing different things. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously the politics of what state you live in. I mean, there's a lot of layers to this. And I think uh, the Big Ten is the conference that dropped the ball the, the most. And um, Why? What did they do? Well, they now, because their commissioner canceled the season, um, players boycotted and, and started that petition. Justin Fields, which I thought was phenomenal, got over 250,000 signatures um, of people trying to say, hey, we want to play. Um, the players flew out to the Big Ten headquarters to protest, or not the players, the parents of uh, four or five different teams, mm-hmm. not wow. all of them, but a handful of uh, parents from each team saying that we want to play, give our kids the option to play. Like mm-hmm. if they want to play, they should be allowed to play. Um, and then when you when you talked about, I think, uh, I forget who started with the tweet, but it said like it was a 12 to 2 voting amongst the um, presidents in favor of not playing. Well, that was BS. That was never the number. And uh, multiple athletic directors came out and said, that was like, that wasn't the number. We never voted that way. It was just more of a, hey, let's talk about this. And then the commissioner just came out and said, hey, we're not playing. So there's there's a disconnect in bet- within conferences. The Pac-12 was just going to follow whatever the Big Ten did. Yeah. <laughs> they literally were just going to follow the Big Ten. So um, oh, I just the think, poor Pac-12. I mean, think about this as, as a player and as a former just athlete, like how sad it is. Like you have no control. You're doing everything right. Yeah. Um, all of the schools, you know, for the most part, all the players, all the po- they're, they're getting tested weekly. There's been very few positive cases. Now schools are back in session and now you're you're seeing some spikes, which I think everyone knew was going to happen, oh, um, especially at Alabama, North Carolina is having mm-hmm. some serious uh, spikes right now. But um, it's just it's it's there's no continuity. There's not a voice. 
Um, there's no leadership, and it's just sad, man. Can, can and, I can I ask you a question, Matt? Yeah. So we talk about what is needed, right? What is needed, and like how it. Not that like it's just like anything. You can have a CEO, right? But they always try and hide behind that this isn't a business. Well, let's stop the bullshit. Like we know it is, and we can see of it. And it's just like guys, stop lying to us. Like we embrace we're, we're, it. Embrace it. Like yeah. and it's like well, it's like the reason why they won't embrace it is because they know that the money then will have to start changing hands in a different way. That's why they fight the lie. But my question is this, is that as much as the, all of the all of the uh, conferences need not a singular voice, but like one person that can be like, hey, this is what we need to do. We need to be united. We need to be able to either push forward or slow back right. or come up with something. Do you think that the players need uh, should be able to unionize and have some sort of representation? Because if the players would have had a college football uh, union mm -hmm. where like whether it was healthcare or like help with transfers or hardship or whatever it is and they had their own union where they could discuss the issues that are important to them and they had representation they could have <clears> sat <throat> at the table with all of the other commissioners and say hey the players will play but this is what they want in return to make sure that if something happens right, right. that you know yeah i think i mean i think we're getting to that point um i still think a union and a players union is years down the road i think the first step is the nil the name image and likeness for yeah. just monetizing off your name i think and that's going into effect soon um which i think is great i think the problem and and just the union there's a lot of layers to that um then you know these student athletes become employees of their school and you know there's there's taxes there the there's not even long term health care for nfl players let alone now these players want long term health care in college like there's a lot of like that we are united thing that came out i don't yeah. know if you read it but the the pac 12 came out and said this list of all these demands. And I thought it was great because they're, they're, they're taking advantage of an opportunity to speak their voice. This yeah. is their opportunity. Um, but a lot of the demands that they want are asking for, and if you do unionize, revenue sharing, like it affects a lot of the other sports. Yeah. It would even affect basketball. It'll affect, so, so there's a lot of things that, like there's a lot of layers to that. I think the first step is name, image, and likeness. Hey, you got an opportunity to make money, go. Like, RJ, you're at U of A, go make money. Zion is going to make a lot of money. Now, Geeter at, at, at CSUN in volleyball, he might not, I mean, seriously, he might not yeah. have, he has the opportunity to go out there yeah. and make a dime. You I know had what a I mean? sandwich named after me. You could do you could do volleyball camps. You're an All-American so at Northridge, do and, a volleyball and, and camp the, And the, the Olympic sport athletes, like, think about, like, you know, all, like, the volleyball okay. girls. Matt, that's what I want to say. As a girl dad, when exactly. you're talking, what always goes to me first was the effect it had. football listen we all football drives mm -hmm. it drives everything if football's not playing yeah and they can't figure it out what does that do to the rest of the sports i'm an olympic sport guy that's what my girls play mm -hmm. yeah i feel horrible for all those sports matt they can't play a football well, and so 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 what like, happens when that you athlete, unionize and you cut. talk about there, there's money this is all about money yeah. obviously yeah. too so you just have to be very careful of that and that's why i just think hey like name image likeness Millie is is playing Missy Franklin Ledecky all these great swimmers we've seen in college who go to the Olympics win gold and they don't get shit yeah, <laughs> yeah. now they're, they're swimming to... for USC or Stanford and they got an opportunity to go get an endorsement by you know and you know, and you, and you know, and you know what yeah. Stanford's doing they're advertising Missy Franklin exactly is so so, here. Come so watch that's her. down While the road dropping 11 sports yes yeah, yeah. so I, listen I, I think we're at a crossroads in college football um I think the players voices being heard and 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 i've talked to people with insiders within and say like this is shifting you know schools ad's pre they're they're nervous because it's the power is shifting to the players which i think is good yeah um but it's 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 just sad you know and and look the sec acc big 12 a couple of the small group of five conferences are still going to play um and 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 you know, the Pac-12, Big Ten, and a couple of conferences moving to winter, spring. We'll see if it happens. Do you know um, what it's going to look like, Matt, in terms yeah, of will there it, be like, some is attendance? There something? Will so there be fans right at now, all? the I think the SEC came out. I think, like, uh, I might be wrong. Miami Dolphins or something. Miami's in the ACC, but they came out and said they're going to have 13,000 or 25% capacity of whatever their stadium holds. So I think it was 13,000 or whatever. So a lot of the southern states are coming out and saying, hey, we're going to have – this percent of fans. and you're going to have to sign a waiver. And there's some, yeah, and there's some, but there's some. I think North Carolina. I might be wrong, but North Carolina, because of the cases, said we're going to start the season without fans. So like they have that. They have. They can do what they want. Obviously, they can control that. Um, all those bowl games. Yeah, the bowl games are done. This are year. all about attendance um, and sponsorship. Wow. 
and schools from all this, over. This is who going travels. To, who travels. Listen, this I will mean, affect this fall, winter, spring, and yeah. next fall will be affected as well. And then I don't think we'll get back to normalcy until 2022. Fall of 2022, like a normal college football schedule. Wow. Okay, we're moving on. That that's a tough pill to swallow. There's your college well, football talk. Is there enough your, college? Yeah, that now, was now like, I'm depressed. Woo! Well, let's get happy again, you guys, because it's Mamba Week. You guys mm. are obviously rocking your Mamba shirts, your Kobe shirts. Lakers just crushed Game Four on Mamba Day yesterday. I mean, Kobe, we know all living here, and obviously, Rich, you playing with him. He is the LA icon. For sports, L.A. sports icon. Um, so it's only fitting that we have an entire week dedicated to him. They're now naming a boulevard downtown L.A. Yeah. Figueroa. Part Figueroa. Of, that's, that's huge. That is a major artery. Part that is huge. Major artery. Part of Figueroa is right by Kobe U.S. Bryant Boulevard. U.S. between it's Olympic US, and uh, yeah. Martin goes, Luther King. Yeah. yeah. So for people no, that don't it's, know, it's right by between Staples and USC. Yeah. That part. That's a that's a big part. It's huge. That's it's, like, it's like it's uh, like the time. There's fabulous. like sunset. There's Rodeo, and then there's you're gonna say Times Square. No, I, I was gonna say it's like Times Square, but it's like there's others, uh, multiple like uh, Sunset in L.A. Yeah. Then yeah. there's then there's uh, like PCH. Yeah, PCH. Yeah. There's certain Pacific Coast Highway. That's Figaro, one of those main streets. It's, it's one of those main it's, streets. It's big. I I know. Yeah. I absolutely love it. So because all of us have such a deep connection to L.A. and to Kobe, I want to share everyone's favorite Kobe Bryant moment. Kobe story, Geeter, we're going to get started with you because I know you were, you covered him for a really long time. I covered him for a long time and we actually met in 2008 in Beijing at the Olympics. I was emceeing beach volleyball. He was coming to the venue to watch Carrie Walsh and Misty May. I knew he was coming. I knew what room he would be in with some of the Dream Team members. So I had the other announcer from Switzerland do that game while I came down and hung out with Kobe for an hour. <laughs> I proceeded to do that the next three times he came. Uh, we got to know each other a little bit. I told him, hey, I, I work for Fox Sports. You know, I cover the sidelines sometime. Fast forward a couple months. The first game I'm covering, he sees me in the hallway of Staples, and I'm walking towards him. And he comes up, gives me a hug. Says, I'm, I'm glad you got out of that Beijing sun. I watched in some AVP this summer. So we kind of connected there. And just through the years, we had that connection through covering the Lakers. But here's what's really cool. Fast forward all the way to 2016, his final season. I'm now you know, hosting the Laker Network on Spectrum Sportsnet for for. A long, way, a long way from long doing way the worm. From Beijing. Doing the worm <laughs> long way. on Remember the AVP. Which we will, po- we will yeah. host the worm. Yeah. Yeah, that's gonna but be here's what's cool. A whole other my story. boss, my boss AJ, who Rich knows, yeah. he gave me the day off. He, I, I, he, he let me go to the Knicks-Lakers game. And, uh, and I took my girls. I wanted them to see Kobe before he... And I was hoping Kobe was going to have one of those games. And I'll never forget my daughter, Millie. You know, she's 12 now. So she's, you know, eight at the time. And... Luca was with me too. She was little at the time, my, my other daughter. And she was in my wife's arms. She didn't want to go near the court. I took Millie and we're standing right under the basket in warm-ups. True story. Kobe's just shooting a free throw in warm-ups. Sees me, kind of puts it together that I'm not working, and that's my daughter, and I'm at the game. Throws the ball to Millie. She catches it. She throws it back to him. He takes it. He shoots it. He makes it. Fast forward a couple months later, his final game. It's about 1 in the morning. All the media is still there. We couldn't leave. Yeah. yeah. Kobe comes out to walk the floor. He goes around and talks to everyone. He sees me. He comes to me. He goes, we've come a long way from Beijing. And I said to him, I just wanted to say thank you for that day. That day against the Knicks, you threw that ball to my daughter. I'll never, ever forget that. He goes, I got you. <laughs> and I just that's just my favorite I almost like started crying right I know I'm, oh, I'm, again I'm covered in but, goosebumps but, but, but those but guys that's know, they yeah. know. Yeah. They, they know what it, it they know what it is they know what because one thing you never lose sight of is like they are also fans of the game and they grew up lo- he grew up loving MJ and wanting to be better or be like him and so he knows that like throwing that ball to your daughter literally will be a memory that yep. him and you will never, ever forget. And how much effort does that take? Takes no effort, right? <laughs> takes point. no Great effort, point. but it takes no effort, but it still is, but it's, it, it's the gesture. Yeah. It's yes. the gesture. It's no, it's no different than saying thank you or you're welcome. It takes no effort, but it's so appreciated. And those guys know when they're on that level, they just, you know, it, it, that, that's an awesome moment. Yeah. Should I go? Should yeah, I you, can yeah. Tell, you can tell whatever you want, man, because we're all going to get... Everyone's going to get tired. Well, so, yeah, so saying, obviously, the sports moments growing up in, in Lakers are my team. Kobe's, you know, MJ, I was like 10 or 12, and then Kobe's been my favorite player. Um, but I got a chance to know him off the court a little bit uh, through mutual friends down in Orange County. And 
the first um and and i'd met him at games and stuff and saw you know you know back in when i was playing i'd see him and say hi because usc you know we yeah. were playing same time when and, you had floor seats when you were quarterback yeah, never had floor never had floor seats but you know uh yeah, you knew a couple <laughs> people back in the day. <laughs> USC um, football, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, so, so I always, <laughs> always knew him. And then the first time I saw him off the field or off the court was at a barbecue in Newport Beach. And we were in the backyard. Just It was just a normal day. Um, and uh, Cole was there. And gosh, Cole must have been six or seven. Um, and we're sitting there talking. And, and Cole knew who he was and was mm-hmm. like, oh, my God. Probably a lot, a lot like Millie. Like, mm-hmm. it's Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Um, and he was so cool and all that kind of stuff. And, and that was it. And he was just a normal dude. We were just hanging and yeah. talking, and he was interacting with everybody. And then fast forward maybe two summers later, we have another barbecue down in Emerald Bay in, mm. in Orange County. Laguna Beach. And in Laguna Beach. And Cole's a little older. He's getting bigger. You know, he's playing hoops now all the time. So Kobe's talking to him, and, and we're sitting, and, and all and, and Natalia and, and Gianna and, and other friends, kids are all playing in the community pool, and Cole comes out, and and uh, Kobe's like, hey, Cole, come here. And he starts saying, he's like, hey, make sure you keep dribbling. You always dribble with your left. You know, keep, always have a left hand. Always have a left hand. Just mm-hmm. give him some little, yeah, yeah. some little lessons. And Cole's like eight or nine, but like, <laughs> he's like, all right. Um, and then we're getting ready to leave. And, and in that, actually, in that table, it was me, Kobe, and like two other guys. And, and, and we're having a couple of drinks and hanging. And, and Kobe's talking about his Lakers, man. And like, this was when they were really bad. Yeah. He's like, you know, I think, I think D'Antoni was the coach and yeah. he's just kind of like, and he's just, and it was yeah, just yeah. awesome. I was like, like listening to him talk about some of his teammates. Like, this is freaking awesome, dude. <laughs> like no filter. And this was what made him so great. Anyway, so we all leave and we're in like, you know, in Emerald Bay is a small gated community and there's golf carts everywhere. Yeah. So we're all in a, so we have like an eight seat golf cart but like 20 people. I'm not kidding you. And a lot of the parents, some of these moms were just wasted. And there was like 10 kids, 10 parents. I I shit you not, man. Kobe's driving. I think I'm in the passenger seat. So Kobe's driving the golf cart. I'm in the passenger seat. And he's like, everybody get in. Let's go. So we had like, actually Locke. Locke was there. Your buddy Locke. My buddy Locke is like the most, uh, actually almost named his newborn son Kobe, but instead named him Jordan after Michael Jordan. So the next son will be Kobe. But Kobe's driving and, and I'm telling you, like four kids are on Kobe and I's lap. Parents are hanging off the side of a golf cart and all this. And Kobe starts flooring it over the speed bumps and just to mess with them, slowing down. It was like, honestly, like for me, and I'm sitting here like, this is my, like my favorite player. And he's like, just a human man. His kids are in the car. Everyone's laughing, and he was having the best time messing with these kids yeah. on the yeah. golf cart. So drop the mic moment. Right and then, you. and yeah. then, fast forward to this year, we had seen Kobe um, play in the Made Hoops basketball tournament. With my son, and he was there just about to coach on, on the opposite court of Cole at the same time, and uh, at the at the Mamba Academy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went up. And I said, Cole, let's go say hi to Kobe. We hadn't seen him since that last time. It was a couple years, and. I go up to him, I say his hand, and the first thing he said to Cole was like, God damn, Cole, you are freaking huge <laughs> yeah. now. That's literally the first thing he <laughs> said. He remembered. He remembered. And Cole was like 6'1", and that yeah. time he was probably 5'6". So that was the first thing. Shook his hand, hugged him, took a picture, and you know that was, that was this year. And it was just like... That's just like I'll always remember Kobe for that. That couldn't have been. That could have been. That could be like a couple weeks. It was before. January 6th yeah. weekend. <gasps> yeah. yeah. Wow. So... Um, the same type of moment, man. I'm more like my kid will have those memories with Kobe. I have those memories, but that's what it was about. So Cole was, had a sick game winner at the Bomba Academy too. And and I have it on video. On video. And Kobe was watching he at, at, at the academy they had a I don't know if yeah, you've yeah, been I out see, there, yeah, but they yeah, had yeah. the second floor yeah, where they, yeah, his team they would me. sit he would just kind of sit up there to get away and then when he coached he'd walk down. And he was sitting up there. And I didn't. I don't know if he did, but I'm assuming he watched it because we were we were playing Isaiah Ryder's team, yeah. Isaiah Ryder's yeah. team, uh, uh, their Arizona team, and uh, and Eddie House's two kids, man. Yeah, their yeah, team yeah, stacked. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Cole hits a game-winning three in triple overtime, oh and Kobe God. and I swear Kobe was down there just watching the whole time. Yeah, it was like, and we have it on video. It was like the coolest thing ever. And and he comes after Cole. It was like, Dad, do you think Kobe saw me hit that? <laughs> and I said, I said he probably did, dude. No, and awesome. well, shoot, Eddie House's Eddie House's kids. Uh, Eddie House, uh, his two kids, uh, he was married to Mike Bibby's sister, right? So it's a real small, Yo, small Mike sorry. Bibby's swole now. Oh, he's way too small. Mike, Mike. <laughs> those, by the way, the house, a, those, a, those boys are good. That's yeah. a great story. Yeah. Well, yeah, so cool, man. And that was also right that's before Cole actually beat you. So maybe it was like the Kobe yeah. 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 mama yeah. power yeah. that he got, uh, where now, so you got, you got to pass now the baton, Cole's better you know? than dad yeah. Yeah. playing yeah. basketball. Yeah, my random Kobe story is, it's you know, because it's it's... 
as much as he, he was older than me and, and I, I don't definitely want to say peer, but we play in the same league. Yeah, <laughs> of <course>. So uh, <laughs> I, I don't want to call him a peer, uh, but uh, you know, it was funny because like we played against each other in the finals and then obviously a couple years later, uh, Luke and Kareem Rush and Brian Cook are, are like two of my closest friends. And my parents are from Philly. Um, and I'm going to rewind and bring the story all back. Um, and my parents are from Philly. So my parents, you know, they know this kid from like Lower Marion. And it's like not so much that they like grew up, like that they didn't like watch him when he was in high school. But as all of a sudden, it was like this Philly kid, this Philly kid, and he becomes. So my parents are out in Jersey at the time. And um, Luke is like, a brother to me. He's like a, you know, son to my parents. Uh, and so I, I'm sitting there after the game and I'm talking to my mom and dad and my parents go, my parents go, Hey, uh, Hey, Hey Richard, can we meet Kobe? And I'm like, Shit. <laughs> right. Cause we had just won. We had just won the game. So I was like, damn it. So then like Luke and Devin and all those guys come over there talking to my parents. And I was like, Hey guys, um, my, my parents want to meet Kobe. Can you guys, and, and look, I kid you not. This is, this is how intense Kobe Bryant is. Luke is like, man, I don't know. <laughs> Luke is like, man, I, I don't I don't know. And so I'm like, damn, man. I'm like, dude, it's your teammate. And so then it was like Devin George and like Kareem. And they all kind of came out at once. And I was like, and again, it's your parents. So right. you have no choice but to just fall on this sword. I don't just know, to legitimately man. fall on the sword. And this and this why and the reason why I, I preface it about Luke is like Luke is my brother. So like like my parents asking him is is very similar to like oh, my parents Matt asking me. Is Luke? Yeah, like, like, sure. Luke was yeah. like, uh, I can picture yeah. say that. Like, you yeah, know, Luke's man, like, I don't oh know. no, because we had just won the game, right? So at this point in time, I make a decision like, hey, it's my parents, whatever. So I walk over and like uh -oh. Kobe is still like Kobe's only like 25 at the time. I might be 22 with like three rings. Already. Yeah, three rings, <laughs> yeah. whatever. So it's not like he's not like in this space now where he's like over the top, like icon. He's just yeah. a legend, a young yet legend. So I go over there all like humble and sad. And I was literally going, <laughs> I, literally, I, I literally go like this. I literally go. Hey, I don't even think I made. I don't even think I made. I don't even think I made eye contact. I was just like, "Hey, Co, uh, you know, my, my my parents are from Philadelphia, man, and they really would like to say say hello." And he goes like this, "Okay," yeah. and then beelines over to my parents and starts chopping it up with my parents, talking about like Philly stuff. And I promise you, Luke and Devin George are like a foot behind Kobe doing this. <laughs> They're like, "What is what, like?" What? And I'm sitting here like. And he's just the most charming, charismatic. And it was like, it was like that meant so much to me because it was one, my parents are from Philadelphia. Two, I understand him as a competitor. He just yeah. bought the game. Yeah. He could have gone straight on the bus. He was kind of talking to some people. So he's kind of hanging around just a little bit. But it's still like out of respect. Like, dude, like I don't know him personally. And so I go to the people that do know him, Luke and those guys. So when they're hesitant to ask <laughs> yeah. and they're his own damn teammates, then I'm like, oh, that just made me feel even more nervous. And he turned it on for, for talk to my parents for like five minutes. Wow. And like for my parents, that, that was amazing. Uh, now, fast forward, you know, my boy's birthday are January 24th, January 25th. And so, uh, you know, my parents uh, came out for my boy's birthdays. And this this year, Kobe passed on January 26th. And so my parents are sitting there and I were about to go do something. Like, I think it was like we went to like the Monster Truck Jam in Anaheim. And my parents are just there spending time with my my boys. And all of a sudden we wake up that morning and I was like, man, it's really, really foggy out. I remember because it was kind of like that the day before. And I remember my kids are three and five. So it's like, hey, guys, look at the fog. They're three and five. They've never seen fog before right. in L.A. And they were like, oh, what is that? I'm like, oh, it's basically like a low cloud. And you're just like describing it to them like where we live. You know, it was like you could there's zero visibility. And all of a sudden I get that call. And it was like it just became that much more of an emotional moment because I knew that not only my parents had a, a random connection, but it was just like, you know, they respected him. He was a Philly kid. They remembered so that. They time. remembered that oh, yeah. time. And that was a big moment. So and all of a sudden it's like, I'm there with my mom. I'm there with my dad. It's my boy's birthdays and he passes away. So that, and all of a sudden, like I'm called in to go to work and it was like, it, it affected everyone. And like, you thought about his family mm -hmm. and his, his daughter and you thought about all the other people and all the families affected. So it just became an emotional moment. Like you think about like myself, like what if I was in a helicopter? Cop and all of a sudden my boys are one of my boys and all of a sudden it's just you start to like just process things in a different way and so that for me where it was like 
that hesitant, like funny. And he was just so like, he talked about like how much that means, right? Like him just throwing the ball to your daughter, right? Like that is a forever moment for your daughter for the rest of the life. They'll tell their story till their grandkids. Right. And then all of a sudden it's like, I have a, my parents got five minutes with Kobe when everyone was afraid to ask. And then here, my parents who live in Arizona just happened to be out on my boy's birthdays. And then the next day that happened. So it was, man, you know, just that whole full circle thing. And then having to go to work and process your emotions. Like I'm on ESPN. Like literally I get a phone call from our boss and it was like, Hey, listen, this ain't a drill. This is all hands on deck. If you're in and you can come, come in now. And so you go in and I'm sitting there watching Rachel Nichols trying to interview Mm -hmm. T-Mac who can barely like muster up the words. And we're only doing that because we know that that's our responsibility to like give that emotion to the fans and the people. You know, Alex, Rich hit it on the head too with there's those days you, you'll never forget, right? You yeah. know where you were at 9-11. I'm always going to know where I was the day Kobe passed because like Rich, I was at the house. I was yeah. getting ready. I had, we had a, we had a I date. messaged you. Yeah, we had a I didn't. Off, I didn't believe it. You're the first watch, person I messaged. Yeah, ready to watch some, some football. Mm-hmm. Um, and James Worthy called. And I thought it was strange that he called in the morning and I picked up and I'll never forget him saying, yo, Gator, tell me, tell me it's not true. And, and it took him, I didn't know what he's talking about. It took him 15 to 20 seconds to say like, I'm seeing on TMZ, Kobe helicopter. He was kind of, and I'm like, wait, what? So I started looking, I'm all, I'm going to call you back. And I look at TMZ and I called him back and I said, TMZ is usually not, mm-hmm. not wrong. Which is some bullshit, by the way, which is some, like, yeah. I, like, I, like I'm just going to say this, yeah. man. I'm going to say this because it is like, I understand that these people want to be the first. Mm-hmm. Right. And I understand that. But allow the families to find out. Yes. Like, like my, yeah. my like, so my family, you know, when my dad randomly, you know, had, you know, his incident and passed away and you guys had met my dad before I, it, I found out that night. And I had a meeting at Spectrum. So I had a meeting at Spectrum and I was like, Richard, I didn't even know yet. You didn't know yet. <laughs> but I was like, let me get, because it happened, it happened at, when my dad passed, it happened at like six o'clock. I didn't know. I got informed by the police at 12. And then midnight. at midnight. Yeah. And then I had a meeting at Spectrum. I had one meeting and I was like, just let me get through this meeting. It was at like 10 o'clock. And then I go into the meeting with Jared. And yeah. then I and all of a sudden my phone starts blowing up because TMZ had posted. I was at my desk yeah, yeah. and found out. And I'm like, does he know? You're like, does Richard know? Does this yeah. know? Blah blah blah. <sighs> and so yeah. I walk out of the meeting and I told like Jared was like, wait, why are you here? And I'm like, because I have to do this. And it was for road tripping. Yeah. And like once I do this, then I'm free for the next six free months. To do that. Free to do that. And I want to do this because eventually I'm going to have to come do this. So let's just do this. And, and then, but it gave me like that moment to process and it gave me that moment to understand. And like you, and all of a sudden you're like, Luke is on his way here and, and all that. And I'm like, guys, I, thank you. I appreciate yeah. this. But like, I, you know, I was there. I just think it's such bullshit that it, like you, you, you rush to be first and people are giving out false information and the families haven't even been notified. Yeah. That should be a crime. That should, should be a, be a legitimate crime. crime that should be penalized or fined. Like you gotta do that, man. Yeah. yeah, I got the same text as you from from my boss AJ, who we have mentioned before, that said, "This is not a drill. Get in." And you're just and I like, looked at my wife and daughters. And I had an emotional moment for a couple seconds, and you realize you got to get in there, and then you're on set for four hours straight. Yeah. yeah. And like Rich said, you have to kind of compartmentalize your emotions. Yeah. 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 No, it's but, so crazy. But I agree with that. That was the hard part. And by the way, you know, Rick Fox possibly on the well, – Rick Fox was getting calls from family members. They were destroyed. Uh, yeah. They thought he passed. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna bring it back thank to – um, yeah, Thank you. Yeah, thank you. No, that's okay. It's, it's, yeah. it's so – it's crazy though. But like in that moment, you were the person I texted. Because yeah. I was on a walk on the strand with my dogs and I heard it on a radio as someone was biking by. And I was like, that can't be true. And why is someone listening to the radio? radio. It's like, <laughs> that's real? Wow. Yeah. And yeah, you were the one who confirmed for me. So unfortunately, by the time I started working at Fox, the Lakers were already on a different network. So yeah. I didn't get the personal opportunity to get that one-on-one time with Kobe. But he is the reason that I fell in love with basketball and yeah. I fell in love with the Lakers. Local kid. Yeah. I grew growing up in Manhattan beach. I was like, Oh my God, this guy's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Kobe. Yeah. Kobe, Kobe yeah. can do Kobe. it. And that's yeah. all I did. Kobe. Yeah. Um, but where I really gained my, 
personal connection with him was what he was doing after basketball and the legacy that he was building after that. I'm the oldest of four girls. He's a girl dad. Being a girl in sports, growing up, just always wanting to be thought of as equal and wanting mm. to be involved and trying to break the barrier of what women can do in this industry he was setting the table for that next generation. He was a loss for women's sports. He was, it's crazy. he was doing a, a legend of his, just the level of where he was at and the amount of effort that he was putting in, mm -hmm. not only for women's basketball, but being an advocate for his daughters and for women in the sports world was just, that's where I fell in love with him even more and felt yeah. that connection as, like I said, as the oldest of four girls, having a father who encourages you to do whatever you want to do and gives you that belief in your mind that, yeah, who cares what everyone else thinks? Yeah, you might be doubted. Yeah, they might think this. But if you work hard enough and if you prove that you deserve to be here, then you believe you you can. You know, we saw that evolution of Kobe. There's the 2004 yeah. Kobe that Luke and Devin George were so scared to walk up to. Yeah. Then there's the one driving the golf cart yep. 10 years later. But the one Rich played against at the end of Kobe's career, when the Cavs were on top, you probably saw a completely different yeah. Kobe in his family. He's talking he with all of you. Oh, on he, the told, court. he told me. Yeah, right. Like, so, what, so the la his, his last game. Conversation. Yeah, his last game, he goes, he sat there and he goes, You're the only person out here that looks older than I do. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, Rich, he would have never had that conversation with you 15 years prior. No, no. no. Like no, what did you, you say? What you say? I just laughed because it was like, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I still think you look a little older than I do. Because <laughs> like, I can still dunk on people, yeah. but like, <laughs> you're still a thousand times better than me. Yeah. So it's like, it's like you know, whatever, you know. But yeah, no, it is. But to your point, and like you said, it was a loss for women's sports. Yeah. But I think in that loss, I think so many people have have grasped on to what he was trying to do and what his goals so. were. And they want to, he empowered. Yep. Not that women weren't always empowered, but we were like, if the greatest basketball player of this generation is an advocate for us, that just instilled in so many people's mm -hmm. brains that like, okay, well, I don't care what the next generation or this, this man thought that, you know, and it's not that they needed their approval. No, but that's what it takes. But it's, that's what it takes. It's yeah, like yeah. having that father figure, like, he wasn't just that for his four girls. He was that father figure for that next generation yeah. of young women. Yeah. And that's, it. I'm going to tell you from experience, that's all you need. Yeah. You need one person to believe in you that might not be that same a woman or whatever it is. Someone that just kind of gives you that push. Like, yeah, you can do it. Guys, mm -hmm. walking around Staples Center the week of... In downtown LA, dude, it was, was like nothing I've ever seen. The next, I was there an hour after it was announced, yeah. and it was like it was packed. It was everywhere. I went, I went yeah. down to Staples Center because that's where ESPN yeah, that's was right. filming, and it was just like just. And it was the how about this? The Grammys were going on, dude. That was and insane. it was just like the Grammys were that going night. on. That so, was so insane. it was like there was nothing like. Imagine the graphics person that has to put up a tribute to Kobe that right. was like, hey, by the way, we need this in three hours. In three hours. Yeah. And it better be good because the, the world will be watching. And they 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 nailed it, but it was like they they there was nothing it was just crazy. Cause it was already carted off, but then they they switched it because they knew people were gonna come. And so they kind of like opened up certain portions of LA Live. And the next thing you know, it was just the the city, man. This was just this was like be, it being in L.A. when Kobe passed, and and this is not, it, it's because I was in New York during 9-11, right? Yeah. I was in New York during 9-11, and it's not the same because it's not the, like, obviously the amount of people and how tragic it was for our country, but it's something about being in that city when that city is impacted. The whole world felt Kobe passing. The whole world felt 9-11. Yeah. The whole yeah. world felt Kobe passing, but in L.A., it was just a, a difference. It was like multiplied times 10 because everyone had these random interactions. You grew up here. You, yep. you, all of us had. So in LA, it was just, it was intense, man. You know, it was a trip, guys. What? Uh, the day of his service at Staples Center. Yeah. We're covering it, but yeah. my job was to do a couple interviews before with our crew, James, Karan, yeah. Rob, Derek Fisher. So I'm there at 7.15 in the morning. Yeah. And we call it the bowels of Staples. They all know. It's it's oh, yeah. the, where the locker rooms are. Yep. You're down low. And I kid you guys not, I hear this voice singing, and I'm like, it's, it's just an angel? This is incredible. I yeah. go out there, and it's Beyonce solo doing her warming up. Yeah. 
sound check. Yeah. Seven fifteen. Yeah. I'm like, wow. I'm blown away. I just sat there by myself and I watched. And then I went back in the hallway, like right before you know, Rich and Matt. You guys know where you walk, and, and Alex, you've been there too. But yeah. right before you get to the the strip where it's a lock, where the both both lock rooms are. Yeah. yeah. There's that big door. All of a sudden, it's MJ's there, and he's meeting with the person and kind of looking at the teleprompter and going over his speech. Michael Jordan. I'm like, yeah. this guy's got Beyonce and he's got MJ. Yeah. And I'll never forget Matt Barnes, who you said you, you're playing in a rec league with. He tweeted, he, he put something on, on, on Instagram later that day, like, Mike, us former players, we need to hear from you more. Like, that was one of the most beautiful things. I think guys who played like Rich and there's your hero. There's mm-hmm. our guy. Yeah. We need to hear from you more because that was special. That was so special. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's where he took on the role. And and look, I love MJ. MJ is, is a, the culture king, mm-hmm. right? What he did and he paved the way, but not necessarily in the in the mentorship role, right? I think Kobe and Braun have really taken that, that on. Next level. Next yeah. level. And like, look, MJ had the people, but like MJ was his own thing. And MJ reached a height that was like, even look, Kobe... Didn't quite reach the height of MJ or Tiger. Like there's just a few people in the history of the planet that reaches those because it's timing, it's success, True. it's it's whatever. Uh, but Kobe did so many things for the next generation. Same with same with Braun doing so many things for the next generation. But it's like MJ, there is another gap here. Like with with now that Kobe's not that you have a responsibility, not that you have to, but just know that like we would all periodically once a year. Right, just let let us hear from you, man. That's how Truth. much you mean to all of us, and how much we all give to you. Yeah, right. We all wear the, the Jordans. Shoes, the, we all oh, yeah. wear we all wear the court. We all argue on TV that you're the greatest of all forever. time. Forever, yeah, forever. <laughs> yeah. So just it's like every day. Yeah, once a year, come down from the clouds and just grace <laughs> us. Just grace us with a like, you know, hey, that was a great performance by so and so in the finals. And you're like, oh, MJ has spoken. Yeah. MJ Can has you spoken. You go away now. Yeah, it's like okay, thanks, MJ, man. Yeah. Just see you next year, man. Just once yeah. a year, MJ. Just is he was the the last dance his this year? Yeah, that no, was that, that was his that because, was his piece for this year. Because, no, and that, then some. That was that was yeah. for multiple years. And, yeah. that's, and yeah. truth be told, like that's what we like. That impact helped us so much during the quarantine. Like every family, that was must see TV. I'm seeing my boys are three and five, and I sat down there and watched it with them a little bit with Richard, but Phoenix didn't really give a damn. Yeah, but it was like. It was like a moment that like parents and people that didn't understand, like your you know, your son that never got a chance to understand Jordan got a chance yeah, he to watch it. And too, he got yeah. a chance yeah. to watch it and he was like, Okay, I can see why like Kobe was trying to be like this guy. Yeah. And so it's like in the text chains with your oh, the friends text chains and everything. And, was and it was like best. that was it. It was must see TV because he was that MJ is that special, right? That like all Kobe and even Kobe was like I, I hate these arguments. He's like, without MJ, there is no Kobe Bryant, yeah. Yeah. right? Like, I didn't wake up every day and train for seven hours because I knew the only way for me to even try and be as good as him is to do that. And so, you know, we definitely need more of MJ. But that last dance, I think yeah. MJ's like, here, you guys are yeah. good for like the next five go. years. <laughs> for next five years, you guys got we'll this. We'll see you later, alligator. Yeah. Ooh, he always had a nice pour yeah. too. He had a nice pour. Oh cigar. my gosh, that was so. That Ooh. was he was so G. Yeah, he was God. so like what? everything about him is just like. Yeah. yeah, RJ Go. loved MJ. Go, dude. I we I got MJ stories now. I got MJ stories. Of just <laughs> that's like, another show. Just, look at that. Look at how giddy he gets. No, it dude. is, dude. Ones that you can share. Uh, oh, eventually. the night I met MJ, we told that. Yeah, we yeah. told yeah. like we the greatest yeah. night too. Dude, like, dude, MJ, that's MJ, because I used to work. We used to work out of this basketball camp, and MJ used to do this. MJ would do. It wasn't as public because this is not as much social media and stuff like that. But like basically the Jordan camp, what they would do is they would get all like the college All-Americans and they would invite them to be counselors at the basketball camp. So I would be the counselor at the Michael Jordan camp. So I would be there, (laughs) college All-American at Arizona. It was Dunleavy, Jason Williams, Luke Walton, Gilbert Arenas. All of us are there and we're the counselors. And then our, our gift is at the end, they give us some gear and they give us 500 bucks for a week's worth of work. And then <laughs> and we get an autograph, one autograph item. We get, uh, we get one autograph item. We get a, a, a picture with the team and MJ and then a solo picture with MJ, <laughs> right? A solo picture with MJ. And 
we get to play basketball with him. That was after one. after yeah. the camp. So you play a little bit with the kids, then the kids go home, and then the lights really come on, and MJ starts talking that shit. So like <laughs> that's that was your gift, right? And so MJ did contribute to the younger generation. So like I got to play against MJ, and then he used to host a little. Uh, it was in Santa Barbara. He used to host a little like end of the night like bar at like uh, at this little bar in Santa Barbara. If you ever go to Santa Barbara, the Strip, you go into this bar and you can see pictures of MJ all up and down. He used to throw little like shindigs there at the end of the camp. And so, you know, he used to sit and tell us stories and crack jokes. So MJ does have, MJ is that guy. I think just with social media and how much attention things are now, he's kind of retreated a bit. I love these so much. And RJ, we are in our last minute of the show. I got to give you one comment before we go from Alex21. RJ was low-key underrated for his career. Well, well, thank you. I don't know if you can do it. No, this is the thing. We're talking about MJ and Kobe. I was not underrated (laughs) compared to those guys. I was not. Did you play like 22 years? Our our producer, Tyler, is that the only one he put up there? Was there any other one? That wasn't, no. It can't be for me, you guys. (laughs) I want to give a big shout-out to Caffeine for helping us get on air. This was such You're welcome, Caffeine. You're welcome. First show. You're if welcome. you're if you're watching you're us, welcome. make sure you press the star button and follow us so you can get updates when we go live next week. Ah. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We loved having you be a part of the detox. Spread the word. We'll yeah, see you guys all next week. Same time, same pace, same place. Case. Pace. Uh, yeah. Case. Case place. Case. Yeah. 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Pacific, right here on the Caffeine app, guys. We out. Miss you, Kobe. <laughs> Love you guys. Bo.